Well, welcome to our Coffee with Alan time. I'm here with my buddy Elijah having yeah. coffee. Having some coffee. Alan. Yep, some Papua New Guinea. <laughs> some Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Here in Mazevo Coffee. Yeah. So uh, we're, you know, we're here, so I was just thinking about, we've been kind of going back and forth with uh, this post that I that originally posted on, on Facebook. Gosh, when was that? It was uh, two days ago, mm-hmm. it was Facebook says. And <laughs> it says, if you live by men's praise, you'll die by their criticism. Now, mm-hmm. actually, I, you know, cards on the table, I actually, um, <laughs> this was a one of those memories from mm-hmm. Facebook that ended up actually like being resurrected. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, oh, yeah, that was good. I should share that again. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and uh, just it really, it was great, a great post that, I, that really connected with me because I've, I've suffered from fear of man issues. Huge. And, you know what I mean? And uh, I, was some, I just read, read something recently or, or listened to a podcast or maybe in a sermon. But basically it said, uh, you know, being a people pleaser is, is basically saying, you know, being a you know, fear of man, a people pleaser is basically the, is the cry of please like me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so thinking about that, if you live, you know, that's wanting to live by men's praise, wanting to please them, wanting to mm. hear their praises, wanting to hear the acclimates of, uh, of, of men, kind of mm. praises of the people, of, of people, to make ourselves you know, kind of almost like a litmus test, like I am being faithful, I am being preaching what's good, mm. and you know, especially people in ministry, like we can suffer from over accentuating people's praises or critiques mm-hmm. even as yeah. well which led into you know, your comment you know I, I love you know uh, thinking out loud mm-hmm. as he said um, if I find that people fall under fall down under compliments and praise no 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 it's all it's all Jesus you know, I'm just a worthless sinner mm-hmm. yeah, and you know it seems to hear though that those who hear scripture's constant criticism of their lives die under the pra- die under the praise of those around them, and that's kind of what led to my my thought of, mm-hmm. you know, that I posted. Um, is it necessarily that we're living? Because what did you, you posted somewhere? Uh, if you live according to God's criticism, you'll die by man's praise. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, to if you live according to God's criticism, criticism, you'll die by man's praise. Um, you know, to the point I hear you making is, is it necessarily that we're living according to God's criticism? itself like you're, you're not mm-hmm. saying that you know god's actual criticism of, of mm. us like more of our no. supposed perceived criticism mm-hmm. through like this utilizing man's you know i'm sorry by man's utilizing god's word and reputation to criticize and cause condemnation and belittle mm. ones ourselves mm-hmm. by calling us ourselves false names such as like oh, i'm a sinner i'm mm. you know i'm horrible and like, yep. all these words that we've mm-hmm. grown accustomed to in the church mm-hmm. you know like i have to have this self-abasing you know criticism of myself in the public eye mm. and appear you know humble and you know humility you know, and mm. working through that and uh i love you like like we said you know humiliation is not the same as humility Mm-mm. humility yes humiliation is not actual mm-hmm. humility. yeah right? totally not um just give me, give me some, of your, some of your thoughts about, you know, the, as you're thinking through our conversation, uh, what were some of the things that stood out to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the just join you in your process that I think, well, one, if you keep your statuses short enough, they make it all, all bold so they're bigger and they stand out. Right. <laughs> but I think just the sentiment in it really resonated with me and captured me to start out with because yeah. I would say that's something that I struggle with as well as, mm. as wanting to please man. Um, I was going to look 
look it up, I believe it's uh, Galatians chapter one, uh, it says, you know, if I were still trying to please men, mm. I would not be a servant of God. And so you know, something I've wrestled through with in my own life is that when I am people pleasing, and that's the orientation of my life, that actually disqualifies me from servanthood to Christ. Um, so, and it's something I, I wrestle with perennially. And so when I saw your quote, I was like, whoa, that, thank you for punching me in the face in love. It brings conviction. It reminds me again, I'm like, that's good. And then as I then read it, you know, and just sat and mused on it, then I started then, then unwinding kind of our, like we went through in the comments, it's like, it's kind of like a logical A plus B equals C. Yeah. So then B equals C minus A. Yeah. So it's like, we restate it. And it's like, I've been having this experience where when I encourage people in their person in God and truly compliment them, I'm like, wow, I see the character of Christ in you. Like his glory is being revealed in you. You're being a faithful steward of what God has given you. That oftentimes then people fall down under that compliment in, in me being pleased in them because they're like, no, 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 no. Like I'm not, I'm a worthless sinner at the foot of the cross. Um, like would that God would use a worm like me. I'm not you know, fit to lick the bottom of his sandal, you know? And, it, and then all of a sudden it's like, I was trying to encourage you and give you a, a compliment and lift to you lift you up. Yeah. And I just beat yourself down. You fell down under my praise of you in God and boasting of you in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as I, I think about that, I know we've had lots of conversations together. Of, you know, what, what is the benefit of that? Um, you know, and really wrestling with that then in myself of, I, I do the same thing that when people come and they give me a compliment truly mm. to sit in it as it is and just receive it with grace and say, thank you. Um, so as I, as I wrestle with that personally, and I try to like think about where does that come from? What is, what is my hope in that behavior? Right. Um, I think it really comes down to the element of grace mm. that I remember what I was before Christ found me. Like I remember when I was in that place of estrangement with God as an object of wrath. Rightly so, you know, that I was not reconciled to a holy God. So I have that memory. But now I'm in this place where I'm in it, like uh, uh, the psalmist says, that you set me in a spacious place because you delighted in me. It's about God's sovereign delight in us. And so he's placed me in a place where there's no access that I have by any merit of my own to be. It's unmerited. So the unmerited aspect of God's grace and favor by his sovereign design meets the memory of my depravity. And But from this point forward, he's transformed me. And now there's a declaration of his righteousness in my life. Yeah. He's like, this is now, this was true. You are, all things have been made new. This is what is true. And I hear these declarations of that I am the righteousness of God. He who had no sin became sin so that him, in him we might become the very righteousness, righteousness of God. Of God. Yeah. Sit with that and ponder that a minute. Yeah. Like, there's the, this collusion of that is impossible like i want that to be true but if you really knew me Mm. then it's it's not but then there becomes this juncture then of a faith expression of faith is that 
evidence of things hoped for, those things not seen. Mm. So I'm looking with my eyes, I'm judging with my mind, and it's not adding up to the expressions of what God has said to be true. Mm. So then my place of faith then becomes surrendering to what he has said to be true about my life, which yeah. is, you're righteous, you're my beloved, you're my son, yeah. like you're my precious you're one, like saint. you're a saint. And it's like, <laughs> but you know, then there's this struggle of faith. And so I think as I've worked through that in my own life, that I wrestle with that. Mm. Then as I come to people, then when I, I give them a compliment and I say, you know, I, I love the character of Christ and I've seen you well done, good and faithful servant. Like you're running a great race, keep it up. And then keep people fall down, then trying to, then not to become critical myself. Again, confession is something I really wrestle with is it's like, I just complimented you. Now stand up under that or I'm going to criticize you. Um, and so giving them grace and say, and, and really wrestling, I do the same thing. I think that's what people are wrestling with is this memory of their depraved state, object of wrath. But then behold, all things have been made new. Behold, all things have passed away. The new has come. And it's like, and now standing up under the the graceful compliments of heaven mm. by faith to say, I am a saint. Mm -hmm. I am no longer a sinner. Yeah. I have been transformed. So yeah. I think that was then in the kind of the antithetical or like the uh, B equals C minus A statement of that very often that those who live according to the criticism of God die by the praise of men. That they, they their their faith falls under that praise because there's an understanding that God is very critical of us that he you know is a like in the parable of the talents where the uh, unfaithful servant it's like I knew you to be a hard man mm. but then the master shoots that back to him mm. and says you knew this about me did you if that is really true, if that were true, then why didn't you behave according to that harsh master who would crush you? Like you're, you're being disproved by your actions. I am not a hard man. And then Jesus further on in John chapter 4, you know, when he talks with his disciples, um, with the woman at the well, he's like, no, you, you get to gather where you didn't sow. Like you get to reap where you didn't labor i am the one who's doing all the work and you're benefiting the benefit that's who jesus is that's who god is yeah. so i think out of that false yeah, conception we get from doing absolutely no work yeah and that that i think is, yeah. is the biggest thing is, is that a lot of people we can't reconcile this actionless favor mm. like uh, that's one thing in, in the, the uh the this last sermon, this last Sunday that I was preparing for, there was a lot of really good nuggets that I really wanted to unpack, but I was like, I couldn't quite get to because it was not really where it was going toward. Mm. But um, <coughs> it was mainly about this, the worthiness of the centurion, where, you know, you know the, with the Jewish leaders, and um, they, you know, that they, went, they came to Jesus and said, hey, this Gentile centurion mm. is worthy of you healing his most likely Gentile servant, your yeah. bond servant, slave. Um, and Jesus then says, yes, he's, he doesn't say, yes, he's worthy. He says, yes, by coming, by mm. saying, yes, I will come and heal your, your servant. Mm -hmm. He's like, 
great. Now that I see you're coming, don't worry about coming in because mm-hmm. I know purity laws, all that, all that jazz, you know. But it, just say the word. You know, I didn't even feel like myself. I was, I was, I was uh, worthy to come mm. to have you into my house. I was not worthy to have you come and, and do these mm. things. He says it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus says, you know, look. He's like, and so you know, just say the word and you'll be healed. Mm. You know, I'm a man under authority, and you know all these things. And Jesus is like, bro, no. Check this guy out. <laughs> I'm not and found like faith, faith like this, this in all, all of Israel. Israel. Yeah. Like this huh. guy. You, you want to see like what faith looks like? Look at this guy. A Gentile. Yeah. Oppressor. Centurion. Oppressor. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he, he if email was a thing back then, he probably Jesus probably would have gotten a, a whole <gasps> crap ton of emails in his in his inbox mm-hmm. that next Sunday. At oh, totally. Next week, yeah. Like how dare week. you? Like yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. But it was amazing, like, uh, it wasn't the Jewish rulers, the Jewish religious hmm. rulers, the Jewish, it wasn't the Pharisees or the scribes mm-hmm. that came to Jesus and said this. It was the, the Jewish elders in the, in the town of Capernaum, mm-hmm. his hometown, mm-hmm. that, that, he was, that he was living in, you know, he set up his home base in, mm-hmm. like, that had built the synagogue. I didn't catch that mm-hmm. until I read, mm-hmm. I read it this last time. Mm-hmm. But just, like, the fact that Jesus said, you are worthy, he didn't say it, but he, he said it by his actions. Yes. You are worthy, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Because you're worthy. Yeah. You're worthy for me to do, do this for you. Not because of anything that you've done. Because even the, the Jewish elders tried to set it up as like, hey, this mm. man's worthy. You should do it because he's done this and done this and that. Mm. Jesus is like, it's not because of these things that he's done. Mm. You know, he, he loves the, the, na- the nation. He loves Israel. Cool. Built to, built to the synagogue. That's great. Mm. But because of my love and the fact that I'm here, my very purpose in coming, mm. dying on the cross, living a perfect life, instituting the new covenant is for the Gentiles. Mm. And I love that how like this is in Luke. And so the, the second mm. volume two of Luke, you mm-hmm. know, the book of Acts chapter 10 talks about Peter then going mm-hmm. to the Gentiles, to Cornelius mm. in, in Caesarea, mm-hmm. you know, and, and saying you are worthy mm. to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, not, you're not now only, you're not only worthy mm. of receiving Jesus, but you're, and healing from him, but you are worthy to receive God's Holy Spirit hmm. and, the, and the prophecy, the promise that was given to Israel hmm. is also for the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And you are now included in that. And yeah. the, the very fact of, like you were talking about, of he has given me, so this was who I was. I didn't deserve hmm. anything. I, I deserve death, you know, the grave. I deserve these things. But God, through his unmerited favor, and that's one of the things Marvelous. I was getting to is that is this word favor hmm. is actually another way of translating the word for, for grace. Kara, karis or kara mm-hmm. is favor, mm-hmm. is unmerited favor that mm. is given to you. You didn't deserve it, but I gave it. Yeah. You know, almost like attuned to like loving your enemies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, like we were talking about in, in your in your which I just found out today. It was like, oh, there's, yeah, like, there's, oh, being, there's a little surprise. There's another one. There's another little uh, paragraph, you know, little novel here. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's not a little paragraph. Yeah. yeah, I constrained it. It's more like a book. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little book. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, it looked like a paragraph until I clicked the, the you know the word more. I was like, oh, it's <laughs> like lots more. <laughs> lots more. Yeah. Uh, but I love the, how you, you, gosh, you just you just have a way with words. Elijah. Hmm. It's just amazing. You Thank know, you. Yeah. <laughs> See, look, don't fall down under the compliment. Thank you. Right, you're welcome. Yeah, I have, you know, I've termed humility almost precisely as you have it. Uh, trying to get into this, it is the practice of confession, agreeing with what God, with God about what He already knows and to be true about us, and declares 
if God has declared me as his righteousness and a co-ruler with Christ in the heavenly places, then humility is to receive what he has mm -hmm. said as true and confess this as my identity. Mm -hmm. um, I love even further on he say, this is what this is to say that there is an oughtness to thinking mm. highly of ourselves, where it is in, it, where it is improper or sinful way to think of ourselves higher than we ought, as it says Romans mm -hmm. Romans two, right? Mm -hmm. that there is also an improper sinful way to think of ourselves as lower than we ought, mm. intentionally overshooting or undershooting our identity in the face of God's declared identity over us is equal to its error of lack of humility of humble submission for Him. But even what he says, elevating us, mm -hmm. like he says, he says in Hebrews 10, 10, 14, he has perfected for all time mm -hmm. those who he is saving, mm -hmm. those who he is making holy. Mm -hmm. He is like, you have, he has saved you, he saved me, he has declared us, we are perfect. He has perfected us. Mm. That's a scandal. <laughs> Scandalous, isn't it? To, to fundamentalist Christianity. Right? Oh, man. To, to typical evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. right? That to enter into the kingdom of God is to enter into his perfection and where, but leaving space for this, okay, I am perfected, I am holy, mm. I am righteous, now but there's a leading room for maturity. Mm -hmm. So what is what is our life? What is the typical understanding of what people often say is sanctification? Because mm -hmm. if you look in scripture, sancti sanctification is a done deal. It's, it's, a, it's a work of grace, mm. done, one-time deal. Mm. But there's an element in growing into that identity, mm -hmm. growing into and getting rid of, as we like to call the stinking thinking. The stinking thinking, right? I like that, yeah. nice. The old tapes, as we yeah, like yeah. to call it. You know, uh -huh. Overriding, and oh. not just erasing them or throwing them out, but but it's, you know, the, but, you know, the tapes in our lives of overriding the lies, mm. you know, the blessings, you know, blessing that which, which has been cursed. Mm -hmm. You are worthless. You are stupid. You are mm. this. You are that. Mm. You mm -hmm. are a worm. You are a sinner. You are horrible. Mm. You are a worm. Yep. You know, and overriding those with truth. You are a saint. You are mm -hmm. beloved. You are holy. You are righteous. You mm -hmm. are um, perfected. And you're growing. Mm -hmm. You're growing into that identity, discovering who mm. you are in Jesus. Hundred um, percent. And uh, yeah, just, I just you know, loving this picture of humility. Um, I even preached yesterday. Preached no, yesterday on Sunday. Mm. Just that humility is is walking in our true identity. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, which I thought was so interesting you know, in the thread that my personally landing on a definition of humility is speaking the truth about identity. Mm. So if, uh, like if you work on a project together and you didn't do a specific aspect of that project, if you claim that as your own, it's not humility, you're going above and beyond. Mm. It wasn't my identity. Right. Alan completed that portion of the project. Yeah. So humility is to give honor to you and say, Hey, whoa, I didn't do that. Mm. Alan did that. But if it came through me, if I did it, then it's not humility to like shove it off of myself right. and say, no, 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 I didn't do that. Mm. So again, within this con context of unmerited favor, mm. like baseless, workless, we're not qualified by efforts of the ministry of the gospel, but we're qualified through the spirit. Now Jesus just says, Alan, Elijah, you are qualified ministers. Here's my spirit. I'm like, oh man, okay, you said it, you know. But then that humility is truly then that oughtness 
that mm. each one should think about himself with in sober consideration of the faith with which he's been given. And so there's, you shouldn't think more highly than yourself than you ought. So there's an oughtness to saying, I'm, I'm a son of God. Wow, by adoption, by, by pure gift. And so I think in this place of humility then, not falling down under the praise of man, truly in its righteous form, or falling down under the praise of God, that Jesus is not ashamed of calling us his siblings in the presence of God, that he sings over us, that he dances over us. Like, again, that shouldn't be. And so I think, so that, that place of the previousness of our uncomeliness, like our depraved state, entering this place of speaking a true word of my identity in God, that God has called me son, he's called me saint, he's called me righteous, that then I speak the truth of what he has said, not me, he knows those things to be true about me. So that's the confession component, you touched on it briefly, like you can look on both sides, so confession is agreeing with God about what he's already what he already knows to be true about us. So I can't confess my sin aside from him bringing that to my awareness. That Isaiah says, like you take a, a, a log, you cut it in half, you burn one half to bake your bread, the other half you carve into a God and say, save me. You cannot even say, is this thing in my right hand not a lie? You, you can't do it aside from his spirit, his grace coming upon you. And so he's like, dude, it's a lie. God already knows that to be yeah. true. And I'm like, you're right. You know, and so I'm agreeing with God about what he already knows to be true. Yeah. So that's one half of confession. That's the sin side. That brings healing through the redemption of a cross. But then on the other side, yeah, yeah, it's like, whoa, I'm, I'm below that. This. I'm not this. And then on this side, then there's a positive confession of God already knows that we are the sons of God. I am I this. am this. And God says, Alan, Elijah, you are my sons co-rulers with me in heavenly places, seated with Christ. Now release my will on earth as it is in heaven. God knows that about you and I to be true. So then confession then comes to agreeing if if he didn't already say it and already know it to be true, it'd be the height of arrogance for us to say, we are the sons of God, co-rulers with him in heavenly places. Watch out for lightning, smite thee, you know? But since God has declared it to be true and he knows it to be true, that he is truth, that when he speaks it, even though there's the disgustingness of our sinful depravity that's opposing his declaration of our righteousness because he is truth and he declares it, Mm. it becomes so. So now in this place of humility, of speaking the truth about identity, I am a son of God, Mm. I am righteous, I am a saint, seated with Christ in many places, there's this overwhelming sense of joy and awe, Mm. I'm touching it, so I hold that down, like cry on camera but I have to still be able to talk (laughs) that there's this overwhelming sense of awe and love and adoration to God and saying that when I speak those words that it it comes up against this past reality and it leaves me in this state of like how 
can this be that that a God so holy, righteous, and sovereign would declare such a thing to be true out of his want to love? Nobody can make him do that. Right. He wanted to. He's not being compelled by us. Right? No, I, there's no way I can. There's no possible way to twist the arm of yeah. God to make him do anything. Right. And Paul, in his defense to the, um, I think the Epicurean Stoic philosophers, Acts 17-ish, 19-ish, um, but that he said, you know, uh, I see that you're religious in every way, that you've made this idol to even to the unknown God. Yeah. Now what you believe to be unknown, I'm going to make known to you. Oh, and he says, yeah, but he said that, God does not live in temples built by human hands as if he needed anything. And but so he himself gives to mankind all things. Things, yeah. Life, all, as life some of breath. your poets have said, you know, right. as you live and move in him and uh, have your being. Yeah. And so I think that phrase, though, that he does not live in temples built by human hands as if he needed anything. And so mm. the aspect of God needing anything, he's infinite in his person, this is his yeah. omni nature. So he needs nothing. He's a sustainer of all things. So from that context, having zero needs, God is a pure being of desire. Mm. He only does things because he wants to. And so out of that capacity of him being almighty God, incapable of being perverted or manipulated, he has no needs, but that he would want mm to call you and I his yeah. sons, his forsworn enemies. Yeah. We had fallen from his glory, cut ourselves off from relationship with him, but that then he would come, send his son to die, and then say along with him, I'm going to give you all things <laughs> and declare, yeah. you are my sons. Now, confess, make agreement with me. I'm your son seated with you in heavenly places like what in the world hey guys i uh, just wanted to uh, kind of wrap things up as you saw that the video kind of cut out a little bit early there uh, elijah and i were going great and we went for a good another 15 20 minutes or so uh, which may have been a little too long but for to watch the whole video but it was good stuff but i did want to address one you know, bring in one thing that we missed that i thought was really great uh, so from the original post that we were talking about on Facebook of uh, if you live by men's praises, you'll die by their criticism and brought in this, this, this kind of playing with the words a little bit and uh, it, it just had this thing in my, in my mind is just uh, of if we live by God's praises, we will die to men's criticisms. And so... Um, I just love how we went and talked about that for, for a little bit, and I'm so so sad we missed it. Um, but I just wanted to bring that in and to round out the conversation that Elijah had, Elijah and I had uh, about that, and just as keeping ourselves focused, as we remember who we are in Christ, and remembering the good, and remembering our rightful place in God's kingdom, and remember our true identity in Him, and. Um, and where we live out of, you know, walking by the Spirit, as we w continually walk in the in the truth of who we are, in in this in true humility, is living the truth of who we are, right? right? Um, then the the less and less the the criticisms of, of mankind will will affect us, will will crush us. Um, and, and Elijah and I talked about we we, we both had the, the sim very similar experiences where that's 
been kind of part of our biggest downfall and the, the biggest effector to our, how we live this life and and our flourishing and our joy and our ability to live and feel like we're, we're walking in step with God and, and walking according to his calling in our lives. And maybe you know those, those feelings in your life where, you're, where you feel like you're walking and, and you just feel like disconnected um, and oftentimes maybe because it's things happening in our lives, maybe criticism is happening. You got criticized at work. You got criticized in a relationship. You got that email. You got that text message. You got that phone call. You know, um, and, and just the, the, the criticism that maybe what they said was true. So some of what they said was true. And maybe you're like, okay, I need to maybe take some of this and chew on it a bit. But maybe even like this, the, the, the vehicle by which the criticism came. Because remember, you know, correction, you know, speaking the truth in loving and correcting someone and rebuking someone in the faith is different because, you know, I've had these experiences where you just, after even being, you know, uh, being rebuked by someone and corrected by someone, you leave the, the conversation blessed because they use, they, they were so graceful in the conversation with you and they were so graceful and loving in their correction of you and steering you in the positive right, you know, the positive way. Um, and then there's there's this like straight up criticism where it's they just want to correct you and they don't you don't feel the love you don't feel the care and, and oftentimes it's not communicated uh, with with care it's not communicated with that love and so like we talked about speaking truth so that word truth aletheia in the Greek meaning to reveal you know either revealing the truth about who we are and inspiring us to live that direction and also maybe sometimes revealing the truth of maybe the junk that we've been living in, the, the stinking thinking, right? The, the old tapes that we've been living in and revealing that to, to one another is this way of rebuking, revealing the reality of the situation and, you know, but speaking the truth in love. Remember that word agape, you know, this steadfast devotion, uh, this steadfast faithfulness to the good of other people. And so speaking, revealing, you know, good and correction, revealing the truth about something to someone um, in a loving, devoted aspect, a devoted relationship to like, I am devoted to you. I love you. I don't just feel good about you. Maybe right now in, in this, because I, I have to correct you and I hate confrontation, right? Uh, like most of us do, we hate confrontation. You know, I'm, I'm devoted to you. I'm devoted to your good. And I'm, I'm speaking these things because I want your good. Um, and so, or, and, and too, like the inspiration, like, this is who you are. Remember who you are. Remember Jesus loves you. Remember your rightful place. Remember your true identity, you know, because I love you. And I want to remind you of these things. That's encouragement, exhortation and encouragement. And so, uh, that's, that's really wrapping it up. So if you remember, if you live by God's praises, you will die to man's criticism. Uh, the, the, just the correction that doesn't care for you, the, the correction that is devoted to just the, per, the, the person's um, own conscience, the, per, the, you know, the, the criticizer um, speaking more, more from their heart than speaking from God's heart for you. So hope this has been encouraging to you. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.